You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that. Well, Holy Trinity Sunday um, is a Sunday that many churchgoers learn to dread. <laughs> Because it's the Sunday when the pastor gives a hopelessly cerebral sermon that has no application to life. (laughs) I hope not to do that this morning. (laughs) Um, Because too many Christians think of the Holy Trinity as some sort of intellectual puzzle we're supposed to figure out and master. We're like Nicodemus in today's reading, where we're trying to find a logical way to fit the pieces together. There is one God, one essence, one being, and three persons. This is not something that anyone can put together in their mind. The greatest minds that the world has ever produced have tried. I read De Trinitate by St. Augustine, and he couldn't master it. I'm not going to get any further, and, not, and neither are you. So I don't, I don't intend to preach a concept of God to you today. I want to talk to you about the privilege of knowing God as Holy Trinity. Because this is not a concept any human being would come up with as one bit of circumstantial evidence, at least, that it's true. This is, it took the church hundreds of years to even come up with a provisional explanation to make to non-Christians about it. But the church had experienced God as Father, God as Son, and God as Holy Spirit. And the church was confirmed by particularly Deuteronomy that there is only one God. It's not on? Then my battery died. It's on. <laughs> Am I, can I just be loud? I guess. I'll have to. <laughs> Alright. I'll keep after it. Yeah, it's dead. No, it's my battery, Michael. It's my battery. <laughs> can you grab me an extra battery? Oh, no, it came back on. Look at that. Thank you, Spirit. <laughs> Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, come to the digital discipleship. We'll figure out why that worked. (laughs) All right. Um, So, you know, the way that the church experienced God led led the church to articulate what it believed about God. And so it's the privilege I want to focus with you on of knowing God as Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Because it's as we come to know God that we become Christians. Someone you love, anyone you love, I want you to think of, there are two things you do with them. You spend time with them and you contemplate them. Contemplate's a funny word, we don't use it a lot, but from the time my children were born, I've looked, just spent time looking at them and marveling at them. 
I do this with my wife too, but I haven't known her since she was born. (laughs) And then you spend time with them. This is what we do with God. We contemplate God and we walk with God. This is what it is to live a Christian life. And so first we think on God as as when we think of God as Trinity, we think on God as Father. As we say in the creeds, creator of heaven and earth, of all things seen and unseen. The most inexplicable thing about the universe, Albert Einstein said, is that it is explicable. That the world is ordered in such a way that we who are made in the image of God can study it and come to an understanding of it. The world didn't need to be that way. God made it that way. He ordered the household of the universe for us to live in as a good earthly father orders their household. And like a good earthly father, there are times when he wraps his arm around us and we feel embraced by his love. And there are times when, let's be honest, God feels a little distant. But a good earthly father will do that too. As you learn the limits of your strength or maybe you become stronger. One of the hardest things to do as an earthly parent is stop doing things for your kids, right? Because like, wait a minute, when did they get that old that they can do that without my help? (laughs) God's wisdom is perfect. But whether He's being sort of easy on us or hard on us, what we are assured of by knowing God as Father is that is that God loves us. Even when we can't see or feel that love, that God's love is present to us. And to know then God, how how much does God love us? We heard that in John 3.16, probably the most famous passage of Scripture. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. I can lay down my life for others a lot easier than I could lay down my son's life. And that Son, knowing Jesus as Son of God, God in the flesh, is an amazing privilege because you not only have a God who knows and loves you, you have a God who has experienced exactly what you experience. Do you realize that before Jesus started preaching publicly, at some point He lost His earthly Father? The man who had raised Him, maybe changed His diapers. I don't know if Jewish men did that. But he lost Joseph. We know that Jesus mourned, even though he's God and came to give us life eternal, we know he mourns the death of those he loves. He stood at the tomb of Lazarus and wept for his lost friend, even though he knew his friend was about to be raised from the dead. God knows what it is to grieve, not from a distance watching us, but from the inside. We are told in the book of Hebrews that He is like us in every way but sin. Every temptation we experience, He experienced. He knows what it is to be footsore and tired and hungry. Everything we experience. He knows what it is to be unjustly accused and condemned and even to experience pain and death. When we come to God the Son, we are to come without fear because He is like us in every way and can sympathize with our weakness. 
And when we know God as spirit, the spirit is the unseen life of God in and amidst and, and through us. Martin Luther, as Deacon Michael reminded me this morning, called the church the office of the Holy Spirit. Without the ministry of the Holy Spirit inside of us, the words of Scripture remain dead to us. It's the Holy Spirit that brings them to life and calls us toward faith. It's the Holy Spirit that teaches us to love one another. We're told in 1 John that we love because He first loved us. And I got to hear a scientist, John Polkinghorne, a Nobel laureate physicist, talk about how all these scientists who say they don't believe in God, if they're seeking after the truth, it's the Holy Spirit that's inspiring them because all truth belongs to God. The Holy Spirit surrounds us and makes the meal we receive at the altar more than bread and wine and makes the water that covers us at baptism the power to unite us with God and Jesus Christ. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and what it means that they are a divine unity, at the very least it means this, that we were never meant to be alone. We were made in the image of God. And God has never been alone. Even before He created the world, God was a community, a community of three people given each, to each other in love, giving themselves to each other in love. And this is what we are called to do. We're called to, as we contemplate who God is, to be drawn to walk with Him until... We can learn to love Him as He loves us. And by doing that, learn to love those around us. As the Father loves the Son and the Spirit, and the Son loves the Spirit and the Father, and the Spirit loves the Son and the Father. What a privilege to know a God who calls us to contemplate Him and then come to know Him as we walk with Him in this life. The Westminster Catechism begins with these words. What is the chief end of man? And by that they mean not just what will make us happy, <laughs> but what will make us full, what will fulfill our nature as the kind of creatures we are made to be. And it gives this answer. To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. I can never know God fully any more than I can know my wife fully. But I can know Him better. And I can enjoy His, walk, my, His presence in my life as I walk with Him until finally, united with all those who have walked with Him before me, I can enjoy Him forever in the world to come. This is our destiny. Will you join me in praying and thanking God for it? Blessed Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You exist in a unity of love and being, and you call us to journey toward the same. Lord, you, the Father so loved the Son that He gave Him to the world. The Spirit so loves us 
that He draws us toward the Son, that we may gaze upon Him and be healed. Help us, Lord, to more faithfully walk with You, to set time aside to contemplate You and to talk with You, to yell at You if we're angry, to mourn with You if we mourn, to rejoice with You when we rejoice that knowing the fullness of all you are, we may be sure that you never abandon us in this life or the next. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day Keep your sleeping, thy presence, my life.